Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano has had some strong words lately about the caliber and the quality of the Cardinals being selected by Pope Francis. And he, he goes back in time, and Archbishop Vigano talks about the great sainted popes like Gregory the Great, St. Pius V, even Pius IX, St. Pius X, and Venerable Pius XII, and talks about what it means to be a prelate, what it means to be a cardinal in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. What does it mean, especially as a cardinal, to wear the red unto the pouring out of blood? That's why they wear red. Not because it's a pretty color, but because it denotes martyrdom. So today I'm going to read the document of Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano that came out uh, in this month of June, Usque ad officionum sanguinis, unto the outpouring of blood, regarding the nominations for the upcoming consistory of cardinals. It's a short document. I'm going to just focus on the three or so paragraphs that are important and then make some comments at the end. Before we get started, though, I will lead us in the Our Father. We'll pray the Our Father together in Latin and then jump into it. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen Tuum, veniat regnum Tuum, fiat voluntas Tua, sicut in Cielo et in Terra. Panum Nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et temite nobis debita Nostra, sicut et nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos in Ducas in tentationem. Sed libera nos amalo. Amen. St. Pius X, pray for us. Nomini Patris et Vidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. So uh, in the opening uh, document, as I said, he focuses on holy popes and he looks at holy cardinals like uh, St. Robert Bellarmine. And then he talks about our current situation today. And I'm going to read the paragraph. It's the third paragraph in his document. Archbishop Vigano says, anyone who would today pose the questions to the one who is seated on the throne and to those whom he has elevated to the cardinalate would discover with great scandal that the appointment of cardinals is considered to be the same as any prestigious appointment in a civil institution, and that it is not the virtues required for the office of cardinal that lead to the choice of this or that candidate, but rather his level of corruptibility, his blackmailability, and his adherence to this or that political current. At the same time, indeed, perhaps worse, would happen if one were to presume that, just as in the things of God, the Lord's ministers must be examples of holiness. So also in the things of Caesar, those who govern are, are guided by the virtues of government and moved by the common good. So here Archbishop Vigano is saying, you know, instead of looking for men who are saints, who are on the unit of way, who are contemplatives, who are lovers of God and lovers of the neighbor and of the poor. It seems, at least Archbishop Vigano is saying this, and I have to agree with them, that the men chosen for the highest office are marked by what he calls corruptibility, blackmailability, and adherence to a political current. He goes on to say, the cardinals appointed by the Bergoglian church are perfectly consistent with that deep church of which they are an expression, just as the ministers and functionaries of state 
are chosen and appointed by the deep state. And if this happens, it is because the crisis of authority, which we have been witnessing in the world for centuries and in the church for 60 years, has now metastasized. And I would just say over 60 years. But yes, otherwise in agreement. Here's the meaty part from Archbishop Vigano. Honest and incorruptible leaders demand and obtain convinced and faithful collaborators because their consent and collaboration derive from the sharing of a good purpose, one's own sanctification as well as that of others, using, using morally good instruments to achieve it. Analogously, corrupt and treacherous leaders require subordinates who are no less corrupt and disposed to betrayal because their consent and their collaboration derive from complicity in crime, the blackmail of the hitman and the one who hires him, and from the lack of any moral hesitation in following orders, end quote. This reminds me of the Corleone family, the Godfather. True, the film, the novel depicts degenerate Catholicism. The spirituality of the Corleone family is not wholesome. And in that, you see how it operates. These hitmen, these, I think they're called capo regimes, they have to, uh, what do they call it, make their bones or earn their bones. They have to do something criminal, murderous in society. And that's what secures their place in the Casa Nostra, in the mafia. See, it's their complicitness in crime, in murder, that roots them and keeps them in order of the hierarchy of the Godfather and of the Mafia. That's the way it works. Archbishop Vigano is saying that same false mentality, that Mafia mentality has entered into the Catholic Church, into the hierarchy, so that those who are complicit in sex crimes, money crimes, positions of power and corruption within the state, those are the people who are most easily manipulated by their superiors. And so they're going to be promoted in this corrupt hierarchy of authority. Vigano then says, but loyalty and doing evil, let us not forget, is always only for a time. And hanging over it, there is the sword of Damocles, of the boss remaining in power of the absence of a more and more profitable alternative for those who serve him. Conversely, loyalty and doing good, which is rooted in God, who is charity and truth, does not know any second thoughts and is ready even to sacrifice life unto the pouring out of blood for that spiritual or temporary authority that is the vicar of the authority of our Lord, who is both king and high priest. This is the martyrium symbolized by the cardinal's robes. This will also be the condemnation of those who profane it, believing themselves to be protected behind the Leonine walls. I'm going to jump down here. It is therefore not surprising that an authority that is based on blackmail surrounds itself with people who are vulnerable to blackmail, nor that a power exercised on behalf of a subversive lobby wants to guarantee continuity with the line that has always been undertaken, preventing the next conclave from electing a pope rather than a vaccine vendor or a new world order propagandist, end quote. So Vigano here 
refers to Francis as a vaccine vendor. He was met at least twice, the leader of Pfizer. Yes, I said it that way on purpose. Or the New World Order. Vigano says, I wonder which of the eminences who dopped the foul-mouthed press with their colorful nicknames and the burden of financial and sexual scandals would be ready to give their lives. I do not say for their boss in Santa Maria. That's Francis, he's saying. Who would, of course, himself take good care to give his life for his courtiers, but for our Lord, assuming that they have not replaced him in the meantime with the Pachamama. Boom. Nuclear explosion. Boom goes the dynamite, as we used to say. He's saying Francis worships Pachamama, and he's demanding obedience like Don Corleone. Archbishop Vigano then goes back in history. There's this amazing story of Caligula, very corrupt Roman emperor, who made his beloved horse a senator. He elevated his horse to the office of senator. Vigano observes this and applies it to Bergoglio, Francis. He says, it seems to me that the that this is the crux of the matter. Peter, do you love me more than these? I do not care to think how Bergoglio would respond. Instead, I know what these characters who have been awarded the cardinalate, just as Caligula conferred the Laticlavius, the rank of senator, on his horse, Incitatus, in order to show his contempt for the Roman Senate. I do not know him. It is the primary task of Catholics, both lay and clergy, to implore the master of the vineyard to come and do justice to the wild boars that are devastating it. Until this sect of corruptors and fornicators is thrown out of the temple, we will not be able to hope that civil society will be any better than those who ought to be edifying it rather than scandalizing it. Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. I've spoken previously about how the College of Cardinals, the deck is stacked, my friends. The deck is stacked. We are approaching around, depending on retirements and deaths, 60% of the Cardinals being Francis appointees. Who will they elect next? If they follow in the tradition of Francis, we might very well have Francis 2.0. And that could be another five, seven, ten years of the current principles, the current corruption, the current adoration of Pachamama, and where a synod on family is really all about divorce and same-sex unions and not about the role of a man and wife in holy matrimony with a healthy family of children baptized and nourished in the Lord Jesus Christ through the sacraments and through the faith. This is an abyss that we are staring into. How do we respond? With charity, with patience, without threats, without fear. Christ always says, be not afraid, do not fear. Instead, what do we do? We build our own communities. We lift up our priests who are traditional, orthodox, faithful, holy. We cultivate parishes, mass centers, 
pilgrimages, like the one that I'm talking about with uh, Michael Matt on Friday in Chartres, France. We become saints and pursue sanctification. Pray the rosary every day. Find the traditional Latin mass. These are the simple steps. It's not complicated. You avoid sin. You fulfill the Ten Commandments. You remain faithful to Jesus Christ, even unto the shedding of blood. And you pray for that grace every day. I share the concern of Archbishop Vigano. On a worldly point of view, at this earthly horizon, things don't look good for this consistory and the next conclave and who will be elected the next pope. But you have to remember, even going back in the 1800s, the man who was elected Pope Pius IX was supposed to be progressive, more liberal, more with the times. But he experienced a conversion of heart and he did great service. He changed his worldview. He changed his perspective. He changed the way that he was serving Christ and put Christ in the church first to the horror and shock of his enemies. We got to pray for that. We have to do penance. We have to beg Jesus for it. All right. Well, thanks for watching today. Make sure you like the video, give it a thumbs up, share it on Facebook, Twitter. And if you're new, make sure that you subscribe. Hit the bell and you'll be notified of future videos like this one. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Find a Latin mass. And uh, on that note, let's close with a prayer. Let's pray in Ave Maria. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pernobis peccatoribus, nunc et or mortis nostre. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ as you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. And thank you again to all the Patreons who make this channel possible.